0: Podcast one. I love how people make a living, and so many of my past guests have been really creative in the way they do it. Shane Yend makes money selling the usage rights to the Hollywood sign. Adam Lippin, well, he sells cuddles. Laura Klein has a million-dollar business selling battery-powered snot suckers. And today's guest? Well, he makes a living from showing people. How to throw axes indoors. It's time to sharpen your axe and get stuck into episode 487 of the award winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast.
1: Marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls.
0: To take your marketing straight to the lead now, here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing mediocrity. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You Infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner who is well and truly ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And if that's not enough and you are itching to fast track your marketing, then why don't you and I get personal? I think that's a great idea with some one-on-one coaching that you can book over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Big episode today. Big episode today we catch up with an ex-stand-up comedian now turned Lumberpunks founder Tyson McMillan. This week's Monster Prize draw winner has discovered a new revenue stream thanks to a recent episode and I'm going to let you in on next week's guest who, with the help of her hubby, has built a multi-million dollar empire in just five years. As per usual team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping. From the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. A big thank you to everyone who has bought a copy of my marketing book, The Boomerang Effect, this week. I put a little email out to the list suggesting it'd be a nice thing to buy for yourself for Christmas or maybe some clients who you'd love to give some marketing love to. If you haven't got a copy, there's still time. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and click on book. You'll have one in no time. And I'll even devalue it by signing it. Hey, and a very big thank you to longtime listener Keith Hutchings for bringing today's rather interesting business to my attention. Now, Tyson McMillan used to be a stand-up comedian until one day in 2015, (laughs) this makes me laugh, he was throwing axes in his backyard with his mate Sam, as you do. Now, it was at that point that he looked at Sam lovingly in the eyes and said, Hey, Sammy, we should do this for a living. (laughs) Yes. And they did. And that's when Lumberpunks was born, which is an indoor axe throwing business. Now, Lumberpunks has three venues across Australia and the boys are having the time of their life. So what are you going to learn from a bloke who loves to throw axes? Fair question here's what you're going to learn. We talk about how to get a crazy idea to market, how to establish meaningful partnerships with local businesses, how one lucky PR opportunity launched their entire business, the three pillars of the Lumberpunks business that lead to its success, the importance of social currency, and plenty more. Now, with Tyson being an ex-stand-up comedian and me wishing I was one, I felt compelled to kick things off with a joke. Why did the man fail as a stand-up comedian, but went on to become a prolific axe murderer? I don't know why. Because he was a total hack.
1: Oh, nice. I love oh, that.
0: thank you very I much. Like hey, it. does yep, not that's get any good. better than that. I'm really interested, Tyson. Before we talk about lumber punks, and I want yep. to get you to explain the business um, as an ex stand-up. Have you found that has helped you in any part of running your own business?
1: Oh, definitely. Um, look, uh, when you break it down, uh, stand up comedians, um, Basically, their job is to get a concept across to someone else's head and then twist it. Um, that's basically how a joke works. Um, as far as a business owner is concerned, like the concept that you're trying to get across to your guests is you want to you you want to come and try this, even though you don't know that you want to. Um, and so, like, and, and as well as like being able to deal with guests uh, on a daily basis, um, you know, like uh, especially. You know, like uh, when I was doing stand up, uh, one of the things I used to love was like uh, when the crowd would start to participate. In fact, I'd even engineer parts where I'd get audience feedback. And the joy of it was actually thinking fast on your feet and turning a situation that could be very volatile into something, you know, organically. Uh, interesting and funny and off the cuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially when we're teaching, uh, people how to throw an axe, like being able to ad lib and, and sort of keep people on track, but also like giving them a unique experience. That's, that's where a lot of that comes from
0: there'd be a real fine line between when you're teaching someone to throw an axe, um, maintaining a level of seriousness and uh, adultness and uh, mm. actually injecting some humour. I want to find yeah. out how you do that, but help me here. Explain yeah. lumber punks. What is it?
1: Okay, well look, um, what we are, we're an axe throwing uh, business uh, and what we do is we we provide like professional assistance and training to to teach people how to throw an axe, uh, which a lot of people don't realise that they can do. So, I mean, if you really break it down into the abstract, what we're actually doing is we're teaching people how awesome they actually are. Again, like people underestimate their own abilities, they talk themselves out of uh, being able to succeed. And we sort of show them, look, it, it, anyone can do this. It's just more of a mind of the uh, a matter of the mind. Um, so, the way our business is set up, um, we uh, you know we have five sessions throughout the day, um, and people come in and we take them through a safety briefing um, where you know everyone's uh, all on the same board as far as like you know knowing what's good and what's not good to do uh and then uh we teach them different axes so uh we start out with little tactical tomahawks and then we move into uh, a larger uh 16 inch camp axe. and then after they've mastered those two then we teach them how to play uh and then they start battling each other in their groups so again it's 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 all about uh being social and and interacting with other people—it's a very—it's—it's a very, it's, it's a very um, social activity, uh, throwing axes, and we just try to facilitate it.
0: I love how you found the personal development angle to it. I mean, you've looked at it beyond just the rational. You know, it's time to throw axes. And found the angle of you know, this is where people can find some confidence that they you yeah. know that they can, well, they can it, do. It took
1: stuff. Us a, it took us a while to actually f- figure out what we're actually doing. Um, believe it or not, like, you know, there's the there's the physical aspect that club. of it all. <laughs> Yeah, no. As as far as like what what were we actually providing guests, right. and apart from a, and you know, an awesome experience, the thing that um, we started seeing on a regular basis was like people surprised about their own ability and and uh, talent, and and look, a lot of people don't even realize they're an axe thrower until they start nailing axes into the wood, and then then they're hooked, you know. Um, and then yeah. that's that's where like in our business model, um, we've we you know one of our key foundations was that we wanted to build the sport of axe throwing in Australia and to facilitate that we um, we started our axe throwing league so on a Monday night we have teams of three battle other teams uh, over eight weeks and again it's it's the whole the, the whole idea is engineered around the idea of people who enjoy it to get their teeth deeper into it, but more importantly, to meet other people that enjoy the same activity, mm. create a network of, um, of people. And, and what we found was like all these different people uh, who were from all different walks of life who would never socialize with each other, like, you know, doctors and lawyers and carpenters and death metal guys and all these obscure sort of demographics um, yeah. started Hanging out with each other, and then you know um, now sort of do it outside of our own venue. So that that was the real awesome. eye opener to what you know what this sport can do.
0: Just to explain it at a physical level, Tyson. Uh, walk into a lumberpunks venue, I guess it's a bit like a pistol range, is it? You've got lanes with targets at the end, and.
1: Yeah, we do our – the way we operate is slightly different to the rest of the world. Like um, uh, pretty much most venues around the world will have uh, two lanes per caged Uh, Area, Um, so like if you and I were throwing, we'd be in the one sort of caged area. What how we do it uh, differently is each lane is self-contained, so there's no way that you know my axes can uh, navigate into your lane at all. So like that was that was a factor that we sort of cottoned on to at the start. Yeah, like we wanted people to to um focus on axe throwing not you know the potential risks you know um so yeah so that's that's how we set up ours but basically you walk into our venue and uh and you'll see like all these uh fenced lanes uh all running down uh one side of the room or you know both sides of the room and it's all like cricket nets if you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. and yeah people throwing in those lanes with wooden targets down the end what's the distance um, well, yeah, so uh, each lane's just under five metres. So mm-hmm. the physics of an axe throwing, depending on the axe, but, you know, usually it does one rotation, uh, you know, uh, at that 4.5 metre um, point uh, yeah, right. or a little tiny axe will probably take about seven metres to do or maybe six metres to do two rotations. So, again, depending on what you're throwing, uh, you'll need a different distance, but that's the real key to all of it.
0: So, Tyson, um, I'm always interested about the meeting where – because you've got a business partner in Sam. uh, Yeah. You boys have, have come together. I'm guessing over a couple of frothies and decided we need to start a business. Uh, We're not sure what it is. Had one of you been overseas and seen this or was it an idea that just came to you as you were throwing axes in the backyard? I don't know. Where'd it come from?
1: Okay, so like uh, Sam, my business partner, uh, we both used to operate uh, Hard Rock Cafe in Service Paradise uh, for several years. And, um, and, you know, like uh, we both had a relationship together, but um uh we both independently wanted to do our own thing. Uh and, you know, we are looking in the cafe market uh at the time. And um and so we started talking, you know, over several years of like, you know, what do we want to do? How do we want to do it? And uh at the time the market was just saturated. There was a new cafe popping up every every yeah. ten minutes. So like your spotlight in the market was very
0: you wanna know how they make a quid.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like and, and unless you get your foothold in and have a really hot product, um, and you create like a community around that particular location it's very hard to get a foothold in the industry because um, you see so many of them folding um you know like they're up for maybe a year and then they're out um so yeah so w- we started looking into all of it and um we had several concepts that we we're looking at um and all of it you know like there was just a couple of boxes that were never ticked and um as far as you know what we wanted to do so anyway um we looked into different industries and we went through about four or five different uh, business models for different different uh, businesses and um, but the common ground was uh, every time we'd have what we call a business meeting which was uh, us in the backyard uh, having a few uh, tasties as you might call it uh, throwing axes Um, so like I had a set of little tactical tomahawks
0: Hang, hang on you were you were an axe thrower right so this is it wasn't like a this is not new to you
1: no, yeah, yeah. I'd been um, like I'd been following the sport for a while. Um, oh, okay. I'd seen a documentary on on um, the Discovery Channel about uh, a mob over in in Canada. Um, And, you know, that fascinated me. So I got a set of axes myself and I was throwing in the backyard. And Sam had actually been living in Canada for a while and he was familiar with the, with the sport as well. So yeah, we would just, we'd just be throwing axes in the backyard and talking about like what we wanted to do. And then, uh, we both cottoned on to the fact why don't we do this because at the time like we didn't even know that there was uh, an x ray company in australia already operating down in sydney um but yeah like we, the, there was no one over here as far as we knew and um and we knew it had legs because it had been going for at least maybe twelve years over in the um, over in the US uh, and growing substantially, and and the longevity of those businesses were good. Um, so it definitely wasn't so like a fad uh, as far as we could see. So so then it was like almost, uh, I would say almost another 15, 15 months. Um, you know like just trying to piece all the pieces together before we could even start looking at a venue and that's sort of you know um, that's sort of the where we started and again the hardest part was no one no one knew what to do with this uh, we didn't even know what to do with this um, but um, yeah like after figuring out all those things
0: the, the 15 months Tyson of piecing things together, um, mm. is that because you had another job and this was just a little kind of idea you had on the side or, yeah, yeah. you know, you're yeah. really struggling yeah. to figure out how to get this to market?
1: Yeah, look, um, we were, we trying to figure it out, uh, as we went, um, and, and that period of time, like a, a lot of it was, um, you know, like, you know, we'd asked, questions to different uh council departments and then that bounces to different people because again they this was something that they weren't familiar with a a lot of the time we were trying to translate to those departments this is actually what we want to do and their preconceived ideas of what we were trying to set up you know was sort of tainting their their view of us and so um but yeah, like I mean, the largest amount of time was just trying to find the right venue. Um,
0: uh-huh. You know, what was like- the criteria for a venue? I'm interested in your real estate strategy. You've already got. What do you got? A venue on the Gold Coast. You got one in mm-hmm. Brisbane. You got one in Perth. Uh, yeah. How important's the venue, and what's your real estate strategy?
1: Yeah, look, uh, it, it, it's. It, it it's vital uh, as far as being in the right place, uh, you know, obviously the right size, especially for the dimensions of our setup, uh, and also like where we go is, is highly dependent on the community uh, around there and 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 little infrastructures that are already there. Uh, obviously, zoning's another part of it as well. Um, but yeah, like what what we like to do is we want to go into areas that are um, sort of semi-industrial. Um, and uh, areas that are sort of getting a little bit of a cultural hub around. So, for example, on the Gold Coast, where we're right behind um, a, a place called Miami Marketo, um, which some people might be familiar with, but um, which is sort of like a, 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 a street food entertainment. There's a couple of bars. It's sort of like uh, a very cool little hub of um of, of a place where people can go here on the coast um so that that place was actually a flagship of that area in miami and uh when they went in a couple of other industries around them started you know like microbreweries um all yeah, those sort right. of places started popping up and so that's sort of where we want to be um when we're going into places in brisbane the west end yeah. was you know like everyone's sort of northeast of the river in the valley we wanted to be a bit more out of that sort of um out of that issues of like nightclubs and all that sort of stuff you know um we wanted to be in like little cultural hubs so we were in the west end um where there's some really cool developments going on there's heaps of really cool cafes restaurants um microbreweries again like um so that that was the right place for us and then um and then perth was Was a godsend. Like when we, uh, like we looked over in Perth for ages and finally found a place which was the, literally the last place on our list and we actually didn't even realise we were looking at the place that we were looking at because we, we had seen that there was a, um, a whiskey distillery in the East Perth and we were waiting an hour before our last meeting. And uh, we went to this whiskey distillery and then noticed the building next to it and we've gone, that looks familiar. And it was actually the, the last one that we are supposed to look at. So um, And it was right next to Whippersnapper whiskey distillery. and. So we just went in, had a look at it, and uh, it fit all of our criteria. There's a microbrewery at the back, uh, and the, it, yeah, East Perth Council were, um, you know, like highly activated in trying to get that um, that area of Perth, you know, activated with uh, cultural stuff in there. Yeah, um, yeah so like it, it ticked every single box. Um, yeah, and and again, like it's almost like the stars have to align for the right place to sort of poke its head through the clouds, but. Um,
0: You mentioned breweries. You mentioned distilleries. I'm mm -hmm. interested to know what role alcohol plays in axe throwing.
1: Look, um, it's actually another – part of our marketing strategy is again like when we're going into these places um what we want to have is like a continuation of service after they've seen us then they've got other cool places to go and check out so basically they can plan their night um Mm. so having those places there is is a big tick uh as far as we're concerned but uh it's a one-way street we we only want them to go afterwards um we don't want them intoxicated when they're throwing axes like other places uh, yeah, so like we have got breath testing there as well, um, but it's mainly driven by RSA. Like most mm. most of our staff have a hospitality background. They're all RSA trained. So anyone who's intoxicated or even we, we think are intoxicated will test them um, and we won't allow them to throw. Again, like when people are drunk throwing axes or even just intoxicated, yeah. <laughs> the inhibitions go down. We want a, like yes. a, a little bit of a healthy uh, taste of risk when they're throwing axes. Uh, we don't want them oblivious to, you know, swinging an axe around. So, again, that's why it's uh, important that we provide like a safe and and family-friendly uh, venue as well. Yeah, like we, we want to take this as a sport. So, you know, like adding booze to it really sort of, sort of diminishes the the, yeah. the prowess of it, you know. Uh, yeah. sounds a bit silly, but yeah.
0: We're all looking for a healthy taste of risk. Now, tell me, um, you got the first one off the ground down in surface, and I understand you had a bit of – you lucked it out with the filming of Aquaman, that kind of <laughs> yeah. put you on the map.
1: Yeah, look, uh, again, lo- the stars lined up on that one. Um, we – you know we had been setting up for a couple of months in the new venue we had a start date and uh, we knew that aquaman was you know filming at the time of our opening and we had a couple of people in the industry and, and we knew Jason Momoa was a avid axe thrower like that's you know one of his main attributes is that he just loves axe throwing and um so yeah we we try to get word to him like several different ways like through different venue, like uh, avenues and finally we got word to him that we're we're opening and uh we got word back that he was He would be stoked to come and, uh, you know, throw some axes, but he just had no time. So, so we're sort of like a bit, you know, disappointed and going, well, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll eventually get to see her. But um, a couple of, uh, I think about two weeks after we opened, we got, uh, his people uh, came to us and said, look, Jason's coming back from Comic-Con for the, um, uh, I think it was the Avengers uh, opening and we want to uh, do a surprise birthday party for his 38th birthday. Would you be interested? Oh, and we said, absolutely, absolutely. Like, um, so yeah, so we had a private, you know, birthday party, uh, for him and, and, uh, all the, you know, cast and crew of Aquaman. Uh, and honestly, like no one knew about us at the time we'd been open for two weeks. Um, after that, um, you know, we had, we had, uh, you know, companies in LA going, oh, look, so awesome. uh, we heard that you, you know, you hosted Jason Momoa's birthday party. Have you got any photos? <laughs> like, everyone knew about nah. it, so, which is great. I mean, and Jason was, when he was here on the coast, he was... He was avidly going to all these little small places and and going there, and uh, he was just the nicest guy. You know, like he just—that's
0: awesome, man. Yeah, that's really good. And and, you know, were you able to work the PR off the back of that actively? You know, were you able to bring in the press, or are you able to? You've been using that ever since yeah
1: look um uh you know one of the conditions obviously of you know holding his birthday there is that it was a press-free event um so there was no press there um we were able to take some pictures and photos and stuff for our for ourselves and uh and we've definitely put them out there uh as far as you know like um images for our business but yeah like it yeah, yeah, we still, we still show pictures of Jason Momoa because it's an awesome story. <laughs> yeah, we just, <laughs> it's a great
0: story.
1: Yeah, honestly, we still, we still pinch ourselves that, that it actually happened, you know, and this is like <laughs> almost three years ago now.
0: That's unreal. Um, It sounds like it's been a a, a pretty – I'm not going to say meteoric meteoric rise as you you launch these three Lumberpunk venues, but has there been any doubts along the way, any nervous moments where you've looked Sam in the eye and gone, oh, geez, maybe we should be still back at the Hard Rock Cafe?
1: Oh, definitely not back at the Hard Rock Cafe, I can tell you now. Um, But, yeah, like (laughs) there were times where we are like, have we done the right thing? Are we doing the right thing? And um, and, uh, probably the best – uh, financial advice we ever got at the very start was um, we had a financial advisor who was just a mate he said look you know like put in as much as you want to lose on it like don't go all in if you're shaky on it like feel comfortable in if it all goes you know head head over turkey like that you know you've you've lost an amount that you're comfortable with, and that was that was priceless for us because, you know, at, in first iterations of what we were trying to do, we were trying to go too big, uh, and we we're sort of uh, fogging up the concept with different aspects of the business, like you know, we're we looking at having uh, a cafe inside and and street food and all this sort of stuff, and and again like you know the the message that we kept coming back to was like what are we trying to do like are we doing an axe throwing venue or are we doing like a food venue and and we didn't want to muddy the water with you know a a mixed message so you know we we trimmed it right back um and and that was that was you know integral to our success um and that's the biggest bit of advice I can pass on is like you want to you want to commit as much as you're comfortable with losing because if it all goes heads up you know that you know you were comfortable with that at the start Um, a lot of businesses go Go right into too much debt, and then they're under this weight of debt for, you know, three, five years, you know, like before they start seeing the head. And it of-
0: takes all the joy out of running the business as well. I'm really interested in that staying focused aspect, Tyson. So, y- have you just maintained clarity around axe throwing and you're not offering <clears throat> food? You're not offering other things?
1: No, no. We don't want to look a- again, like, and that's another part of our, you know, um, our location strategy as well is like you know if there's cafes and restaurants around there we want to be a a business that sort of tries to get you know our clients to go to other places in that area as well and support those other businesses Mm -hmm. um so like you know sam says it the best he goes like we're good at extra and we're not good at coffee like you know adding that (laughs) adding that Particular service into our business. Um, first, it drains our attention, uh, and you know, B, you know, it's taking away from other people. And and I mean, our as far as you know, business owners, we want to support the community area that we're in, uh, and get that flourishing as well. Because it's always going to be a two way street at that point. You know, they're going to tell people to come see us. We're going to tell people to go see them. You know,
0: does that mean you're? The revenue per site, Tyson, is capped because you've got a certain amount of lanes, you Mm -hmm. run five sessions a day, you're not selling anything else. So where's the upside in that?
1: Well, the other streams that we have there obviously is merchandise as well. Um, you know, people, mm-hmm. you know, if if they enjoyed it, they want a, a memento, usually a T-shirt or um, a key ring or something, you know, to walk away with mm-hmm. us, um, which is great because that gets our brand out there. But uh, also, you know, obviously you've got like snacks and chips there, but nothing that we prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more, you know, like in fact, you know, if people want to, order uber eats that's fine like you know we're not trying to compete with you know like other food venues out there like we just you know we just want to do what we do well um yeah look you're absolutely right there there is a cap to how much you can bring in um but again like you know if you if you break that down over like a, the longevity of a business you know the, the word of mouth getting out there is just going to keep people coming in so yeah, yeah definitely but again you you budget to to what is feasible and um, and yeah it's that's sort of how you have to roll it
0: you have three pillars that underpin the lumberpunk's business music axes People axes make sense. You <laughs> seem to look after your people. You you you're strong on community. What role mm-hmm. does music play?
1: Oh, music's huge. Um, that was that was one of the things that we learnt at Hard Rock Cafe is is how unifying music is. Um, and you know when we're there. So think of it this way, okay? So when when you go overseas. Uh, one of the things that you'll probably take with you is a phone or an iPod that's loaded with your your music the reason being is it's a familiar thing in an unfamiliar place so music actually is something that you can bring with you um, that sort of expresses you comforts you you know like that that's that's the power of music so as far as you know, music in our business. Um, there's a couple of things that we do. So, first of all, obviously, like we're music, uh, fans of different bands and stuff. So, we all have different music tastes, but, um, you know, we try to affiliate with, you know, local bands and stuff and try to get mm-hmm. them in. And, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's always good to have a, a thriving music industry, uh, in your area. To play live. Yeah. And, um, the other part of it that we, you know, do as far as music is, the music is actually up to the guest. Like, we have a democratic music system. So, so that means, you know, if you come into our venue and you want to listen to ACDC. You can chuck ACDC on. If you um, want to, you know, listen to Vivaldi, that's fine. Like, chuck it on. Like, we don't really care because, again (laughs) – Bit of
0: Four four Seasons as you're throwing the axes. Well, look, you know, some people,
1: you know, it's amazing what people Um, actually pick. Like, we joke about, like, the wiggles being put on, but, you know, some people have put the wiggles on. Um, Yeah, bit of Big Red Bus. But, yeah, the whole point of that is that, first of all, like, you're tailoring an experience to an individual. Um, Which is pretty powerful. Mm. You know, if they can feel that, you know, they're in control of their environment, then they feel they own the environment, which means they have an emotional attachment to that environment. And that's what we want as a business, is like, where, people feel that they have ownership of the space and that makes it feel like theirs. It's the same sort of idea as a clubhouse. You know, a clubhouse is technically your place. You know, when we were looking into different businesses, one of the concepts that we were looking at was, uh, you know, having music-tailored uh, restaurant because, again, it, like one of the downfalls that we saw at Hard Rock Cafe was um, whenever you came in, people were listening to the music that Hard Rock had um, had curated for them and I even put it to, you know, the corporate, have people come in and they sign in uh, on a kiosk and then it tells the sound system, okay, this is Steve, he's in now, he loves the Foo Fighters, he loves this music and so it would change the playlist depending on who was in the building. So, you know, we yeah. wanted to implement and they didn't they didn't want to bar of it so we, we decided really? that that was a key thing that we wanted to do was make, make people feel like they own the place and music's a great tool to do
0: that. Excuse the pun. That is music to my ears. And i tell you why. Mm. As someone who enjoys going and sitting in a cafe, having a coffee, you know, going out to dinner, uh, I stay at a lot of hotels, I, I cannot believe how many businesses get music wrong. Yep. And what they seem to do is they just, it's its just an afterthought. You know, someone's put on, you know, a Spotify playlist that they think they want to listen to while they're working. Mm giving no consideration to the customer you know the amount of ca- cafes I go in where they've just got commercial radio blaring and the ads oh you know, terrible the DJs mate I, I just don't get that it, it's just I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit no- sound sensitive mm-hmm. um, and I reckon there's a lot of people out there we, we, it's a noisy world um uh, yeah, it's it's just great that you you kind of um it's a it's a fundamental pillar of the well, business. If you if you
1: also sorry to interrupt. But if if you look at the market out there as far as like entertainment goes, like everyone's uh, moving away from radio into like a Spotify or like a Pandora yep. where it's tailored music. Um, and then same with uh, you, the way that you uh, take in media as well, like you know the. Classic TV stations are struggling against, like, you know, Netflix and Amazon and all these things where you Mm -hmm. can actually choose what you want to choose when you want to have it. And, you know, you're not at the, you know, you're not being dictated. This is when you'll watch this item. You know what I mean? So, again, we should reflect. I'll
0: control what I listen to when. That's the world we're living in these days. So, yeah, I think it's a a great insight. Um, Tyson, how do you promote something people aren't looking for?
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah,
1: true. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, um, we knew this was going to be a, an issue at the, at the start, which was, you know, people didn't even know axe Ring exists, let alone that they could do it in their town. So, again, one of, you know, one of the most uh, undervalued ways of getting into marketing is uh, even now, is Instagram and Facebook. We, we figured out at the very start the, the most powerful thing that we could actually do is a, is a concept called um, social currency. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Uh, explain it. Okay, so social currency basically broken down is, if I do a thing that I'm really proud of, I want to tell the world about it. Like, so I'll take a Instagram, you know, Facebook, um, and go, look how awesome I am. The the byproduct of that is, look how awesome I am doing this thing. And we knew that was going to be our key strategy, uh, as far as getting people to know who we are, what we do, and uh, how awesome it is. Because if you think about it, like, it's a review in itself, and – People are proud about it, and so they're going to fly our flag for us. So, um, there's a couple of key things that we've done in there, as far as you know. Every time you know people take photos, we've got branding in the background, all those sort of things. But that's the real driver as far as uh, our social media is. You know, like us having an Instagram and a Facebook is is effective because it gets the word out there, and 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 so we show you know like we highlight over our three venues. These are the people that came in. Here's some interesting stories that happened throughout the week. Um, that's that's one aspect of it. But the real powerful thing is is getting people who are in uh the venue to, you know, film themselves and they do it organically. Like they'll they'll film themselves, they'll take photos, they'll post, they'll check in, all those things um is really the the, the key engine uh behind our marketing strategy. Uh, we just we just uh emulate that on our own platforms but yeah like that 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 is and mm. look anything that you know you can get uh social currency in is gold like you know so skydiving is a key one of that you know like people want to have a video yeah. and they show the world look how awesome I am.
0: same thing it's what do you say to business owners listening who don't have an axe throwing business who don't have a skydiving business so the social currency mm-hmm is harder for those customers to kind of uh, get themselves involved with? What if I'm an accountant or, you know, something less interesting? Hello to all you accountants.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, it, it is a hard thing, but when we, when we you know, one of the big ticks that we were looking for when we were trying to go through businesses were... How do we get our customers to promote us? And Hard Rock does that, you know, via you know, uh, memorabilia and 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 you know, like um, iconic you know things in the background. So um, again, that's why we didn't go into accountancy. Obviously, that's not our background as well. But um, <laughs> look, it, it is. It would be hard. Um, you'd have to think strategically. You could have called yourself.
0: Sorry, I, I have to pause and say, if you had have gone into accountancy, yep. you could have called yourself number punks
1: number punks i love it i love it
0: thank oh, you very much
1: well look again
0: in the interview
1: again the 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 branding as far as it goes as well like if i was an accountant i'd probably go down the like the the track that a lot of accountants go and i could be very much off the mark but the, the yeah you know, when you're looking for an account you're looking up you're looking for stability people who are really good at what they do so everyone falls into the same line as far as accountancy goes you know if you want to be seen out there like you have to come up with a different strategy like a different branding um you know what what differentiates you from other You know, accountancy firms and it could be attitude. Attitude is, is a, is a big thing. Like that's, you know, like if, if everyone's, if everyone's beige and you're painted red, like that's, you're going to stick out amongst the crowd.
0: Yes. No, I love that. Very true. In a world of sameness, attitude, personality is a great way to differentiate yourself. Mm. Um, you're clearly doing something right with uh, your Facebook and your Instagram is great. I mean, it's engaging. You can't help but kind of have a look around and and stay engaged. What else are you doing? Because you blokes, was it you or Sam who was asked to speak at the Facebook conference recently uh, on the Gold Coast? What, what What are you really, really nailing in order to get that invite?
1: Look again. It's the same sort of stuff that we've been just talking about. Uh, it was Rory, um, who's uh, our marketing manager. Uh, he was invited to uh, talk at the Facebook event, uh, and they had seen that we'd been highly activated and uh, large engagement, and you know all of those boxes were ticked as far as they were concerned, and so they invited Rory to come and speak at this event and basically we just talked about like the things that we've just talked about which is about the power of the social and how also like you know um, Facebook and Instagram now are very undervalued as far as like uh, a way of getting into people's faces Um, I can't express uh, how important like being able to see your analytics of how effective your marketing has been, like where people are seeing you, what time they're seeing you, how long are they seeing you, um, all of those things like you, you just can't get from traditional media and marketing sources. You know, like a, a pamphlet drop isn't going to give you much feedback apart from did this coupon come through our front door. You know, like um, having an ad on TV, unless unless you're able to track it somehow by having a a, a special that is only – you know being seen on tv there's there's no way of seeing how effective it is whereas facebook and instagram uh each each word you put out there has got some sort of feedback that you can get from it and and you can start to really trim the fat off you know your content and get your message clearer and really have a strategy about it um and you know that's that's the world that you know we should be living in um and and unfortunately like it you know like for those um, older media and marketing companies, like television and and all of those other things, are, are, are a hard thing to get information back to the to the client. Yeah, and as a business it, owner, like that stuff's invaluable. Yeah.
0: Uh just to finish on marketing Tyson is there anything else that we haven't covered that really works for you in in raising awareness and getting people involved
1: Um th- yeah look um again as far as marketing goes um we also you know do collabs um, with other businesses so you know uh, other other companies will actually send clients our way um just via via word of mouth they didn't know that we existed um so getting getting friendly with your local companies around you is pretty important like you want to create that network where it's like a two way street of of clients coming in and out um one of the things that we wanted to do with this business and it's something that we took off you know hard rock cafe was one of their focus was was charity and doing something good with the power of your business. And so, um, over the last two and a half years, uh, we've done several, uh, fundraising events, um, that sort of, you know, keep us, keep us on track of what we want to do with our business. Um, the, you know, we've, we've raised, you know, several thousand dollars, uh, for the Breast Cancer Foundation. Um, we, we had, um, a, a charity event for a young kid, uh, max who you know uh is wheelchair bound and he needed a new wheelchair so we had an, an event that raised money for that and that was quite successful and just recently um
0: did you we, call it max
1: throwing max throwing <laughs> yeah move for max it was called, <laughs> yeah so axes for maxes uh that's the things the that we had but, um yeah so but the the recent one that we just did uh, was uh working with a company called red six and red six is uh app for veterans, um, like servicemen, veterans, mm-hmm. uh, and basically it's like a check-in for them on a daily basis. We we have our operations manager is uh, a, you know an, a veteran of the Australian Army uh, for 29 years. Um, we've got other you know four other ve- uh, veterans uh, in our three venues, and basically what this app does is uh, it just gives them a chance to sort of tell the world how they feel for the day. So you know, green thumb meaning I'm good, you know red thumb bad, black you know obviously not really good. Um and the app actually you know like then contacts three of their mates to just check mm. in on them and we thought that was a really handy thing uh to have out there and we wanted to support it so um yeah so basically the way that we do charity events is um the proceeds from that event all that goes to the charity that we're doing and we just try to promote it also the the charity tries to promote it and we try to get as many people in throwing axes um for a good cause so um yeah it's it's a great thing to be able to do um it's a luxury um being able to you know being able to um generate some revenue for other people. But, yeah, like we think it's very important uh, that, you know, your company has a bit of social responsibility. you got
0: you got to do good to do good. Yeah, man. Hey, Tyson, great great story, mate. Uh, feels like a business uh, in even though you're three years old, in the making. I imagine if I was to come back to you in a couple of years' time, there'd be a whole lot of other venues out there. For all those who are keen to throw axes, Lumberpunks.com is where you can check them out or find them on Instagram or Facebook and If you're on on the Gold Coast or in Brisbane or in Perth, go and chuck a few axes and, you know, get it out of your system and know that you're a good person and that you can do good and, you know, that's a great thing. Tyson, (laughs) thanks for sharing, mate. No worries. Thanks, Tim. Well, there you go, team. Lumberpunks' Tyson McMillan. Interesting fellow. Here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Tyson. Attention grabber number one. I love the fact that Tyson is focusing on what they're good at. And as he so eloquently put it, we're good at throwing axes, not making coffee. Fair enough. Attention grabber number two. I love Tyson's view on how music can positively impact a business, how it can help tailor an experience to the individual. Like I said, when I was talking to Tyson, so many businesses don't use music effectively. And I reckon whether you're leaving money on the table by not, but at least you could have the opportunity of creating an even better customer experience. So ask yourself, how can you add music to your marketing arsenal? In fact, one thing I'd like to do in 2020 is to start a small business, big marketing Spotify playlist. (laughs) Interesting idea. Don't know what songs would be on it, but maybe you can email me and let me know. Tim at timreed.com.au. What songs would you like to see on the Small Business Big Marketing Spotify playlist? And attention grabber number three. I love Tyson's focus on building social currency amongst his tribe of loyal axe throwers. To the point that he even makes sure there's a Lumberpunks branding logo behind the photos people take. And share on their social media channels. Social currency is a very important concept, and uh, you can help your tribe grow it. Well, that's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, big or small, be sure to block out some time in your diary and implement it.
1: Come on down, it's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw.
0: It's time to reward another motivated listener for taking some serious marketing action. And today's winner is... Linda Fairweather of the Happy Paws Club, which is a pet-sitting business based in New South Wales. And I would check them out. She's got a pretty funky little website going on, happypawsclub.net. Is where you will find Linda. Now, Linda wrote me a great email. She said, Hey, Timbo, I am the owner of Happy Paws Club, which is a professional pet care business. I'm almost into my third year of doing this full time. Well done to you, Linda. And I have 70 clients, which is over 95 pets that I look after on my own, as hiring is not a path I want to take right now. That's interesting. I get it. People are difficult. Uh, You know, I hear that all the time from business owners. But um, maybe don't close that off entirely, Linda, because you could scale that business. Have a listen to the interview I did with the e Michael Gerber. Uh, it'll show you how to take that from a business of one to a company of 1,000. Linda goes on to say, "'Having my own product to sell is something I've always wanted to do, and a couple of months back I used a client's dog lead that I had never used before.'" I loved it so much and thought everyone with a bigger sized dog should have this lead. It's more important than people think having the right equipment for their type of dog. Just going to pause there and say, Linda, that's great advice. I hope you're making content that puts that out there in the marketplace. I can imagine you having a YouTube channel which goes on to give advice to dog owners about leads, collars, bowls, I don't know, poo bags. It's disgusting a thing, though. Got a dog, have a poo bag. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, a great opportunity to create some helpful content, uh, Linda, which I talk about in my book, The Boomerang Effect. She goes on to say, I got excited and immediately started researching with little results on similar leads. So, I've stepped out of my comfort zone, because that's where the magic happens, by being inspired from episode 467 with Mick Slattery from Surefire Boards, with his warning and wisdom of importing and his journey of finding the right supplier and making an amazing product. Yeah, he talked about going offshore and getting burnt and finally arriving at a good product, a good uh, manufacturer of stand-up paddleboards. I went ahead and started contacting suppliers from Alibaba, being super careful and starting off small, making sure I was documenting each conversation and agreement. I'm now the proud owner of my first 50 imported dog leads that have been individually hand checked by me and are all hanging in my cupboard at home. I've already sold a few to existing customers and give some as gifts to get feedback. I'm now in the process of putting them on my website to sell and starting to implement branding and videos for launch. I'm so excited about this new little venture and extra area of potential income that I might be able to bring in if all goes to plan. Thank you, Timbo. Keep up the great work. Linda Fairweather, owner of the Happy Paws Club. Linda, that is just awesome. You have listened and you have implemented. And another idea that comes to me uh, as you share yours is that why not uh, have your own brand of things, dog leads, bowls, collars, all that type of stuff, something to give consideration to down the track. For emailing me, Linda, and implementing, here's what you've won. You've got a Lumberpunks voucher to go and throw some axes. That's cool. A 180 headlamp, that's worth hundred bucks. You can walk the dog at night with that. All the dogs at night with that. Uh, Boxing gloves from Fitness Enhancement, they're worth 40 bucks. You can defend yourself from annoying dog owners. (laughs) You've got Liars range of non-alcoholic spirits, that's worth 500 bucks. Access to Jeff Anderson's video marketing course, that's going to be handy, 197 bucks. $100 tradie voucher. Buy some undies or boots or something like that. Promotion on this show and a back link in the show notes, which Google love. Well done to you, Linda. To everyone else, send me an email, tim at timreid.com.au, or you can hit me up on Twitter and tell me one idea you have got from this show and that you've implemented, what impact it's had on your business. My Twitter handle is at TimboReed. Send me it in. If I read it out on air you win. Before we wrap things up, just a reminder that you'll find plenty more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app, plus my entire archive full of ideas to grow your business is over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you're getting value from listening, and I'm sure you are, then don't keep it a secret. Let other business owners know about this podcast. What's it called? Exactly small business, big marketing podcast. Next week, we catch up with Julie Mathers, who's built, with the help of hubby Tom, the world's largest 100% vegan store in just five years. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed, produced by Matt Dwyer. Until next week, thanks so much for tuning in. Now get out there and take some action.